Hey guys, this is Fiorella Nira. Welcome to the Planner and Training Podcast. Hi, Amy. Welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Just enjoying another sunny day in Los Cabos. Oh, yeah. It's rainy here in Wisconsin. Rainy, <laughs> cloudy, cold. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, we do a lot of weddings for people from Wisconsin. I think it's because they like to come to this, to the different atmosphere and environment. Yeah, I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. That's that's crazy. So you do a lot of a lot of weddings for people in Wisconsin. That's amazing. Yeah, we do. We really do. It's a it's a great market. I think it must be easy to get to. I think that's one of the big factors. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I do hear a lot of friends um, and and just close people that we just have daily conversations with. A lot of them mention going to Mexico, just even just to travel often. Yes, so it might, it might be an easy destination. So, Amy, before we start talking, um, one, I want to say thank you so much for being here and giving me your time. And I know um, the time changes and the difference in time has time zones has been a little bit difficult to navigate, but I'm so glad we're finally on the phone today. Me too. Yeah. So, Amy, tell me a little bit about you, where you are and what you do. Okay, so I, I used to live in Seattle, Washington about 17 years ago, and I was a school teacher, and I loved my job. It was amazing, but I kind of wanted to try something else and maybe slow the pace down, so we moved, we moved to Cabo, and we thought we would be there for a year sabbatical, and that was 17 years ago, and then my personality is not as I think that I'd like to relax. That's not really my personality, so I ended up doing a lot of charity work, which kind of navigated me into event planning because I found out that I was able to get things done quickly, efficiently, and creatively. So I've been doing this for around 14 years and I've had my own business for the past nine years and we've just kind of grown slowly and evolved with the destinations, with destination weddings. However, now, their destination weddings, I think, are more popular than ever, and we find ourselves very busy, and we have developed a nice team of about eight of us that work together and do weddings in Mexico. Wow. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind a little. You what? You thought you were going on a sabbatical, and you never left. I never left. I've lived in the same house for the last 17 years. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yes, it really was exciting. It was quite an adventure. And at that time, there wasn't even a grocery store here. So we've, we've really watched it change. And the market of Mexico has changed immensely in the last 15 years. Wow. And so do you speak Spanish? Un poco. <laughs> <laughs> I do speak. I actually can. I'm very, I speak very, very like kind of scratchy Spanish you can understand if you really want to but yeah. I, sh I should be I should be ashamed of myself because it should be better than it is <laughs> and so with <laughs> but 17... I get my point across yeah and so with 17 years of being in Los Cabos like were you in event planning before that or did that just happen there it just kind of evolved uh, I was a school teacher and that's really perfect foundation because you have to be honest with people and you have to tell them you know, you have to be organized, you have to be honest, and you have to be creative. So it, it worked out nicely. And the other thing that worked out nicely was Cabo was so small when we started. So it, we had like, I would say four years to really train and understand exactly what we're doing because event planning isn't as easy as people think it is. It's um, not. <laughs> no, it is a dream job, but it's not always dreamy. <laughs> it's not always dreamy. It's a no. lot of problem solving, that's for sure. But it's fun and our clients are great. So we think it's worth it. We love it. That's amazing. And so when you started, did you start with destination weddings? Yes, yes. Our All of our clients, I would say 90% of our clients are from, are from America or we do a lot of weddings from Australia and Canada. And then there's a small little niche of 
either locals that decide to get married in Mexico and they still need our assistance or people from Mexico City or mainland, mainland Mexico. So it's, um, but predominantly people that are having destination weddings, absolutely. And so do you see a similarity in all of your weddings as far as, because it's destination wedding, do you see yourself and find yourself planning a whole week, a whole weekend, or do you still just plan the one day? We do, we really do sometimes. And that's like, sometimes I would say that we're almost like a concierge service on top of that, because we do like to help you with your, with your airport transportation. We'll help you plan your pool party or your, maybe you want to do a sunset cruise, but you're not going to, that's something that you're not going to sponsor. So we'll help you find creative ways to get everyone to join you without you actually having to incur the entire cost. So we really do, we'll manage, we'll manage as much as you'd like us to. So it's much more than just the day of. It really is typically three days of events is what we, what we work with. Wow, that's so, mm -hmm. that's so exciting. And so you also mentioned that you have eight people in your team. Yes, and absolutely. do you do multiple weddings in a day or a weekend? We try not to, but unfortunately, like the, the dominoes of things that happen are that, you know, people might change a date and then you, they, you need to find a spot. We do not duplicate ourselves. Like I would not do two weddings on a weekend, but there may be two weddings. Like for example, this weekend is a busy wedding weekend and there are three weddings, but we also have a day of staff of 10 people. So we have, yeah. we have plenty of staff. So it makes sense. And this, this is also something that happened really slowly. And all the, all my team members have extensive experience and they come from, but kind of the top venues, they've, they've worked with us while we were the planners, and then they've slowly kind of joined our, joined our team. So it's been great. So I know everybody that works with me. I've known them for years. Yeah. And are most, is most of your team full-time or part-time and contract? Like full-time, part-time. Everyone, basically everyone is like, a, like he's, exactly what you said. They do kind of their, um, their, own, their own contracts, and they are... Usually, nobody does more than eight to ten weddings maximum. So they're all they're all mom, not moms. Well, yeah, we have moms. We have people that just, you know, they really want to work, but they don't want to work twenty four hours a day, which it it really can become overwhelming planning too much. So we we all try and keep it very minimal, so that we can give the best service. Wow! And are you the main planner? Do you go to every single one of your weddings? If I can, I do. If I can be there, at least for that, I'm involved in everything. I kind of, I like to understand the ins and outs of what's going on with every client. And so we have a lot of meetings and we, we're always, you know, kind of powwowing together to see how we can provide the best experience because each and every wedding is very important. And we try and, we really try and provide our client with as much attention when it comes to the planning it's and it's very difficult because they're used to having friends that are getting married you know they're getting married at the church down the street and they maybe they've gotten to go to like five bakeries and they've had a tasting here and their centerpieces and they've gone to four or five florists where here we really have to like get all of that in there's not as many vendors so we kind of manage the whole thing so the experience is different but the end result is the same and sometimes People be like, oh, well, my friend, she got married and, you know, she had all of this. She got to do this, this and that. And we're like, I know, but she didn't get to get married in Mexico. So yeah. you just you kind of it's always got to be like a little bit of a give and take. But the, at the end, it's always phenomenal, if not more than actually is what they say. It's not more than what they expected. Yeah. And Amy, do you do you find that? Um the couples that you have are they are these smaller weddings um i would say our average wedding is about 75 people okay so uh-huh the largest one we've ever done is 275 um but as wow. you probably know a wedding for 50 is the same as a wedding for 250 it's the same amount of work <laughs> yeah that's for sure yeah and so we're always talking about um We'll get to we're going to get to your talking points, but I always like to know like the behind the scenes and how your clients experience um, your own wedding planning business. Right. So, yes. 
So when a client comes to you, do they talk to you or do they have a coordinator that helps them through their planning process? It's usually, um, it's, it's twofold. Sometimes I will start the conversation, like if it's a personal referral or if, uh, if I feel like the team is, is like very busy and focused on, on their planning. Also, I might start the conversation and the dialogue and I'll, we'll talk about what their, what their needs are and I'll go through, I have a very lengthy questionnaire that I just go through verbally with them because what we've learned is that they don't have time to fill them out anymore. Um, so I'll go through all the details so that I have a clear understanding of their expectations, their decor, their budget, their entertainment, their entertainment ideas and thoughts. And then the whole time I'm talking to them, I can think of who I think would be the best fit for them. And, and I let them know that in advance and we talk through it. And then we kind of merge once we've gone into contracts, we kind of merge where, where I'm on the feed or on the communication feed and we're talking and working together. So I, I don't really lose, um, I don't really lose touch with them so that because I was the first point of contact Yeah. and then, um, oftentimes and most of the time, then we can, I connect the girls, the, the team directly with the client and then they make that first point of contact, which it works really well both ways. Um, and it just, like I said, it just kind of depends on, where everyone's at. And a lot of times we have our major bookings are in our downtime, but we have to have downtime. Like people have to vacation, you know, you, yeah. you have to, to be successful. Right. So that's usually when, that's usually when that type of strategy takes place. When the girls are, when the team's traveling, um, we kind of take turns. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Amazing. We only have two months a year that there's no weddings here. So we really don't have much of a down season. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing to know. How many weddings do you guys do a year? Um, with weddings and birthdays and corporate events, I would say around 60. Wow. Yeah, it's a so lot. That- but it's not, it doesn't, it sounds like so many, but I feel like the way we spread it out and the way we work together, that it it's not as many. It still feels like a small, small boutique company. Right, because if you think about it, if you have eight people and they do six to eight, that's actually yeah. well spread out that everybody's able to to support themselves without you know overwhelming themselves either exactly exactly and that's it, it can happen easily so you have to be very careful it can it definitely can we're de- we are i am on my way to hiring some event managers for next year just because we are growing as well and it's the same thing that you're doing where i will kind of be part of it along the way, but their main person will be someone in my team. Right, right. And sometimes do you find like, don't you find that like, you feel like you're like, one day you feel like, oh my gosh, there's not enough business. And the next day you might feel like, oh my gosh, how can I handle this? It's a lot of, every day the workload changes. You really wake up not having a, not having understanding of of what's going on. (laughs) Every day can be, every day is different. Oh my gosh, that is so true. So true when people are like, so what do you do every day? And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I'm yeah. getting things done. You know, everybody needs something different, especially if like you do corporate and other events. So we do the same and we find ourselves the same, the same thing. Each event needs something else. So there's no, there's no flow chart, basically. Right. Everybody needs to no, start from scratch. Right. There's no cookie cutter. There's no, and then, I mean, really, like I also find, I don't know about you, but with the right now, the needs, techno, techno, excuse me, blah, 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 the technological needs of our clients are challenging for me, like learning how to use like you, like flow charts and learning how to use shared documents like Quip and so that the clients can email us and or talk to us in real time versus emails. It's just been a quite a different, you're learning so much in this field every single day. Like you can't, you just definitely can't sit down and have a bonbon. You have to be going forward at all times yeah absolutely and i even um megan i talked to her a couple episodes ago she's from new orleans and she also does a lot of destination events but they go to her new orleans new orleans office and she was also mentioning that they do quarterly reviews because if her team is not learning and it, they're they're placed in a position that's not working they need to be moved immediately and she doesn't wait annually which is what I do. I wait annually to see what what new tools I need, what new technology I need, and she kind of opened my eyes that 
the change can be done halfway through the season. Right. Yeah, definitely. That, I can't imagine with you, though, if we if we were having time zone issues and it wasn't so much an issue, it was just trying to figure it all out with the time zones changing. And, yes. you know, it's just the nature of the beast. I feel like in your industry with the destination weddings, I bet te- technology has to be one of your biggest investments. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Well, social media is our biggest investment. That's 100. That's that's 110 percent. But the training and the technology is is the biggest time investment for certain. Absolutely. Wow. Um, Just learning those learning those documents and being able to just communicate effectively. And also, I find and do you find this as well, that that people really want to have the general outline once they're in contracts, they want to have everything kind of signed, sealed and delivered. It's a lot. It moves a lot faster than it used to. Yes. Yes. I have noticed that. that I found that this year, not so much in past years, but in the in the latest wave of clients. So my last four clients we booked in the past couple months, um, they have they want already talk. They already want to be talking about timelines. And we don't do destinations, So we're talking about day of timelines. And I'm like, we don't even have a photographer yet. Yeah, we can't talk. We I can't give you a timeline without knowing what the photographer needs and what your family is like. And are you going to exactly. leave the premise for photos? And so ev- and a couple of them are quite some time farther out, but they want to get everything done ahead of time. They exactly. are they are on top of it and they expect us to be on top of it, which is kind of nice, but also puts pressure on me. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a, it's good kind of pressure. It's that kind of pressure that kind of makes you. Um, go above and beyond and, and better yourself, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, so we're absolutely. Not, we're not going through the basics of our timeline. We're just like, okay, this is done. What's next? Let's let's keep the ball rolling. And yes. so that's what I'm finding. Yes, and, and being able to show them that you're kind of making, you're getting progress, you're checking their list. But do you also find with your vendors, and this is what's kind of hard sometimes to explain to people, with your vendors when there's a wedding that's a year out, but they might have four weddings right in a row. It's hard to get them to be like, well, let me work on that rendering for you. But, you know, there's just, it's hard yeah. to, to let people know that, you know, it's not that they're not the 100% priority, but that, you know, sometimes things do kind of, you're in a little bit of a holding pattern or kind of waiting, at least with us, because we, we are such a small, a big market, but a small pool of vendors. So it's very, um, it's a, it can be a lot yeah. of juggling. Yeah, I I mean we also see we we have a lot of vendors in our area. There's definitely that, but I do find that during this time of year, September October, um, my clients, um, I I always get one or two emails or just comments like, "Hey, you know, um, I've been trying to reach this person, but or this photographer, but they're not getting back to me," and I have to explain like that in Wisconsin, September and October. It, it's go time. Like this is when people, this is when the wedding industry really thrives. So I have, I just have to explain to them, just be a little patient. They'll get back to you. I promise. They're just a little behind like your accountant would be in April. And then they exactly. put it together. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. So Amy, tell me about your first destination wedding. Oh, I can tell you. I well, my very first destination wedding was probably 14 years ago, and it was in a hotel that just recently has. It's actually being remodeled right now. But I remember, I remember the hotel perfectly because there's a hundred and five. No, I think 195 steps to the beach. So it's like wow. you start up top and. And at that time, that was before we really had a lot of vendors. So like if somebody needed cylinders with pillar candles, that was us. That was us taking all of the candles down and having the staff. And and I remember vividly the color was orange satin, orange, like Halloween orange satin. Everything was orange satin with um, uh, like square vases because we just... I mean, first of all, that is what the client wanted, and that was back then. But I mean, what we got then compared to what we can have now. Yeah. So every, everything was like with like tiger lilies, and I mean, it was a lot of sweat. <laughs> it was, but it really was a beautiful wedding. I'm convinced. I'm sure they're still happily married today. 
Um, so that was like, that was my first wedding. And then the next wedding I did was, I'm still really good friends with the client. So I love that. Like after all that yeah. time, we're still friends and, um, you know, just at all those weddings, like you just learn and things are so, we're so much different. And now I feel like our market is as strong as any market in any of the best markets in the States. I mean, we can literally get 55 different types of chairs. We have all the access to flowers. I mean, everything has to be cart has to flowers. They all have to come from Mexico city or Columbia or Holland, but our florists know how to get them here. So yeah. we're, we're really a top destination. And the other fun thing that we get to do is work with wedding planners from the States a lot. We, and that's just uh, so enjoyable when we help them with staffing or sourcing. And so then you get to get these collaborations with, you know, event planners that you never have, have the opportunity to work with. So I feel like we're just such a, we're so blessed to be in this little haven here. Wow, that's amazing. And so Amy, are you, when, when, um, when you talk about destination weddings, do you recommend that the planners be at that destination or is it possible to plan from afar? I think to be honest, I think 110%, it's the very best to have you have, have your planner on, on the ground with you, unless you're just, unless you're having that option to come back and forth three or four times or have your planner come on your behalf. And I, and I, I really believe that just because I know, you know, like I see when people bring different planners, it's like a good, not that the planners aren't skilled, they certainly are, but sometimes the costs incurred with that and then just not having the resources that yeah. we have, like we know, like we have people that what, what they might charge you, they're all, they're going to charge us less. They're very, we have people that we work with on a day to day basis and all the little resources, like we know the little lady that's going to make your salsa for you or people that are going to hand make your welcome bags, just a lot of resources. Yeah. But I do, I do think it's fun. And, and, you know, there are some like Mindy Weiss just did a wedding here last weekend and she, and I love when she, they come and like Colin Cowie does events here and EFAT and EFAT or in it, they come. I love it when they come because they really do bring, they just bring kind of a, a little luster to the community. And I feel like they bring us more business in the long run because they're out, they're showing what can be done in Cabo. And of course we can do the same thing, but right. it is fun to watch. It is fun to watch them. And we, we love it when they come to town. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I agree. I definitely agree. So I live in Wisconsin Dells, which is a little touristy town in um, South Central Wisconsin. And it, there's 6,000 of us here. But we are known for the water capital, water park capital of the world. And we now have multiple locations for weddings. So it's become this little destination area for Chicago and Minnesotans and within Wisconsin itself. And I find it that a lot of my clients now are coming from out of state because, and they hire us because they need someone that's here, that exactly. knows that knows who's here. Because I do find it that, you know, when we have worked with photographers that are not local or not from the area or having shot, haven't shot in our area before, they don't know where the natural rock formations are that are going to create these gorgeous photos. Or, you know, it's, it's knowing the area is so important, not only yes. for the people, but also for the final product, what things are actually going to look like. Exactly. Exactly. Having that clear understanding and those those vendor relationships. So you're you're like in a destination area as well. Yes. Which is yes. Great. Yeah, we're a really big tourist town. Oh, that's nice. It's fun living in a tourist town, isn't it? <laughs> there's always something fun to do. Yeah, I really think it is. I, I mean, you know, there's a lot of locals that could say the opposite, but I really like it here. It there is always something to do. Um, you know. We, there's just always something to do. And the people that we get to meet is they're from all over the world. And it's just, I really like it. I've really embraced it and I really like it here. Yes. Yeah. That's the truth about the tour for us too. Like the amount of people that we're able to meet and our clients, it's so interesting that we have established like we, I would say we have markets markets. Like I think Dallas is a big market, California, New York, 
We do like a lot, kind of, we do do a lot in the Midwest, Oklahoma, Seattle. So these are kind of our, like our big markets. And then the amount of referrals that we get from them is just insane. Like I have, I have a family I've done five weddings for. I'm on, I have lots of sisters that I've done their weddings. And that's a unique thing too, because you have to make oh, wow. everything completely different. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, it's fun. And then, and one dynamic is like, yes, you know, this is going to be just like this. And, and I'm going to kind of just tell you my vision, Amy, and then you run with it. And then the other sister is like, let me just tell you, I'm going to be, we're going to do this together. So, I mean, it's just like, you're always having to, in, in any field, but I feel like the destination management or wedding planning in general is probably the most diverse job ever because you, every single day you're different. You're like a chameleon, whatever they want, that's what you are. Yes. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. So how with when you're talking to your clients and you're meeting with them and they've signed the contract, how do you determine the best destinations to recommend based on their needs and vision? Um, several factors. The first factor is budget is where and it's not always where they their budget falls. But for us, the biggest kind of obstacle to overcome is the room block and the hotel and where their guests are going to stay. Because for example, you may have the budget to have a five star, to stay in a five star resort and have your wedding there. However, hotels, if you do have a wedding there, a hotel will require you to have, say if it's a hundred people, they'll probably ask you to have at least 30 rooms. So then you're asking your client, your guests to pay upwards of $750 a night plus tax etc. So oh, that's wow. very cost prohibitive. So that's the first thing I determine. And then I try and be in clear as clear with them as possible. And a lot of times they'll be like, Oh, no, let's move forward. And I get all the information. And then at the end of the day that they find it's just it's not something they're comfortable asking their guests to do. So that's the one factor we determine, you know, just where the kind of the hotel will be for guests. And then I really just when I talk talk through their weekend with them and what vibe and what experience I, I can usually come up with the venue within five minutes that I think is a perfect fit. Um, cost and budget. That's always really the number one for people. Um, in any case, I'm sure, but we do have a lot of great venues that are right in mar in marginal budgets. I mean, I wish weddings were less expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you? Yes. Those numbers, they add up, but. They do. They add up so quickly. Yes, they and, definitely do. And do you just plan in Los Cabos? No, I do. We do um, Cancun. We do. There's a beautiful place called San Miguel Allende. It's phenomenal. You should, if you've never been there, you should go. Okay. So gorgeous. Um, this past summer, I toured the Yucatan, and there are some absolutely breathtaking haciendas that I know that nobody know exist where you oh can have gosh. events and, and there you can have an event and the, the site fee is only $4,000, but you have this just absolutely immense, uh, canvas to work with. And so that's another interest in growing. And then I also do Punta Mita, which is in, um, over at the, it's a St. Regis over it's by Puerto Vallarta, but definitely that when I do a destination, like the homework has to be done and I have to go over there and I always have somebody like if I came to Wisconsin, I'd want to have you and I working together. Like I'm all, I always have somebody that really understands that market. Yeah. And I, and I always, before I, before I'll do an event, I have to make sure that I see the value in myself. Does that make sense? Like yes. that I see that I'm worth it. Not that, but that I'm worth it financially. If that, that I can bring something to the table that another local planner maybe can't. And a lot of times it's more relationships and knowing that person, them or, but that that's kind of what we, we don't just do that randomly. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes, because this market's deep, right where we're at is keeps us pretty busy. So we try to just do, you know, one or two a year. Wow. You yeah. got me with the haciendas. Yes. I'm going to send you. I'm I got gonna, chills. I'll, I'm going to send you some pictures. You're not going to believe it. Oh and just God, like there's this place called Merida that I'd never even Merida. I'd never even heard of. And it's this beautiful old colonial town. It's three hours from Cancun and they have all of these all through the driving, when you drive towards Cancun, you can stop and there's these underwater lakes called Zenotes that are just 
unbelievable. Like you've never seen anything like wow. it. And that's an untouched region. Like that people just don't know that exists. So um, I was lucky that I have a lot of Mexican friends that told me the best places to go because it was just, to me it was more than, I mean, I travel a lot in Europe and it was absolutely my favorite trip I've ever taken. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You have, so yes, there's, please send me pictures. There's lots of choices in Mexico. It's not just the beach, it's not just the beachy beach towns. Yeah. So one more thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, what are blackout dates? Or if you could explain what blackout dates are. Okay, so for us, it's a very, um, in Mexico, and I think I think a lot of Latin American countries, it's the same. We take, they take, the culture takes the holidays so seriously. So Christmas is, um, you know, for us personally, we will not do events on Christmas and New Year's for family reasons. The, the, the rule gets broken sometimes when it's a, when it's a personal ref uh, someone that we have done parties for before. Like yeah. we have a big wedding this, we have a big wedding in December that we usually wouldn't take, but the vendors take that, like for the vendors, they will charge more like, like New Year's Eve is almost impossible to do an event on New Year's Eve. I would say that's a big blackout date um, because the vendors, I don't know how it is in Wisconsin, but here the vendors triple their prices. So it's definitely different. Um, and then like the same with Easter, there's a, Easter's a little more complicated for vendors because it's Samantha San, Santa. That's a big, yeah, everybody that's a, in Mexico. That's yeah, a Hispanic, everyone vacations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone vacations that week. So it's big. And then, um, we also, yes, we also really try and tell, remind people like Valentine's day is going to be a little more and, and, um, Memorial weekend, kind of the same. We also have two months where we do not do events and that's because of weather. So what we months do not are do those? Weddings. August and September. It seems like everything's perfect after like October 1st, but August and September, we just don't do weddings. And we'll, and people will say, well, this is the only time that works for me. And I'll say, well, I will because I, I've enjoyed talking to you and I like you, but I need to let you know what my batting average is. And I'm like, so if you're okay with a 50-50 batting average, then let's do your wedding. But meaning that 50% of the time it will rain, like yeah. in August, September. And that's the only time it rains. So we're, like, we don't have a lot of, thankfully we haven't had a lot of experience with rain because we, we don't do events. But that's definitely the reason August and September and it's hot, hot, hot and humid here. Oh, do you, do you have to have a plan B? What do you do if they say, yes, I'm willing to risk it? <laughs> well, I would be certain to not let them not have them get married in certain venues and of any that didn't have a plan B because okay. we do have, we have a lot of venues, believe it or not, that they're really the only option is getting married, um, outside. So, and the reception's outside. So, and tents don't work as well as you think. So we really do rely on our good weather because it's very, it's like, yeah. for example, it's highly unlikely that it'll rain November through May that it will even have one day of rain. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds yeah, wonderful. It's <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it is nice. You brought up a really good point in your, in your, in your talking points that, um, and I know that's this is also something that gets brought up in other destination wedding um, topics is the picking places that are safe for LGBTQ um, yes. community members. How how do you find that? Well, thankfully, our we've evolved a lot. The first, the very first gay wedding I did, um, LB. I'm so bad with the initials. I'm sorry. LGBTQ wedding I did, I was surprised to find out that there are resorts that say no. And that was about eight years ago. And I was embarrassed to have wow. to call my client and have to call my clients. But now we have gotten much more evolved. And I think, I think that every venue that we have is, is open to that, which is wonderful. And so we have a lot of choices and of course, open our hearts and are happy to do any type of wedding like that we'd love it and um so cabo and mexico has changed a lot and very much they're much more friendly and it's that's been a great evolution to watch and be a part of and so now you have the same options here which is nice 
That's amazing. And do you feel like you still have to look around and ask or do you have a pretty good feeling now of who's welcoming, who's not? Absolutely. I do have a good feeling, but if I have any doubt, I'll ask and I'll, I'll say something. I just want to make sure that, you know, this is something that you're, you're friendly towards. And I also want to make sure that I'm going to restaurants that are, um, you know, if it's a restaurant, a venue that I know that they're going to be sophisticated enough and, and so we're very friendly and it's, and we actually have, um, you know, there's actually like people, there's now, I think that there are some websites and social media groups where you can kind of go and, and that they'll help you pick out all the best venues as well. So we're definitely LGBTQ friendly. Thank goodness. That's good. That's good. That's good to hear. That's yes. really good to hear. What with with planning the destination weddings and we're talking about organizing their travel how how do you do that efficiently because if you have like a hundred people coming and they're all coming in different flights i just feel like just that coming out of my mouth right now just overwhelmed me yes and you know what it's funny that you said that because that's the number one concern of our clients most of the time is that they want to make sure that they're their guests get off that plane and then they get they can get right to the hotel with as little hassle as possible. And I think I'm not sure you may not you may not know this, but a lot of venues will have what's called an um, OPC. It's like someone that's trying to tell you, oh, come get on a cab and let's and they're really trying to sell you a timeshare. So oh my um, gosh, yeah. So that's like a big thing. But what we do is right as soon as we as soon as we are in contracts, it's one of the first things that we do is we send our transportation company, we send their their link and their information, and then the clients can put that on the website, and their guests can go in, they can go in, put their flight dates flight dates in, and then pay via PayPal, and they get this voucher, and it'll have their name, and they tell you exactly how to get through the line, and so it's. It's very simple. It's a it's a simple process, but you do have to read the directions, and and that's not always simple. Um, <laughs> yeah. So whenever there's issues, I'm always like, oh, did they read the directions? And then that it's very it's very that's very dialed in. But it, if you, I always recommend to pay for your transportation ahead of time. Catching a taxi at the airport's not as easy, and and you kind of open yourself up for a little bit of confusion. So it's just better. And time, you know, time is money too, especially when you're on vacation. So it's just better to have it taken care of. Yes, absolutely. I think that I, I think that was like my main concern to think about how are all these people going to get from point A to point B. Exactly. Yeah, I know that's for sure important. And the same with on the wedding day. If you if if you can, I always say if you can have it if you have it in your budget to transport your guests from the hotel to the venue, then please do because it's going to make a huge impact on the timeline for the day. Um, otherwise people kind of get distracted and they'll be like, Oh, let's just have one more drink before, before we head into the head to the wedding. And then you have people that are late, which is not a good thing. I, I always say that we, we start our weddings on time. Yes. So I know sometimes I have guests that are a little upset because you know, it's, it's, a three o'clock wedding and they showed up at three o five and we're already going. I'm sorry. We got it. Yes. We're on time. Yes. And the thing is, is like in the, in the olden days or when we first started, it'd be like, Oh, but it's our wedding, but it's our wedding. And it like, you know, like people think, well, the vendor, if the vendors have to stay longer, if the minister has to stay longer and, but really it, it, it's just, it is a business and things do have to stay on time so that we have to be mindful of, of the caterer, we have to be mindful of the restaurant and all of that. So it's, you know, if something happens, we understand and we'll support. But overall, we try and get our wed- start our weddings on time. And we're not going to wait for that person that chose that extra margarita before getting a cab. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Do you find that you have to pick up a lot of tasks last minute on the wedding week or right before they arrive or even on the wedding day? Yes, not so much on the wedding day, but um, and that's something that's that's that we've learned through time. Be- you know, before when people would say, "Oh, here's all the things that we have," because people do like to bring things down, and like sometimes they'll bring a suitcase full of different different items, and 
the first wedding I ever did with a whole suitcase. I got that suitcase that morning of the wedding and I didn't even think, oh, I need to get this ahead of time. Well, it had like four or five hours worth of work in entail. Like it had, you know, they'd be like, oh, we're going to bring my place card and we'll have hole punched and we'll put the raffia we'll have, it's going to be all ready. Well, it oftentimes it isn't because they just don't have time to do it. So uh, we do, we try not to do those last minute tasks, but of course it's always someone's wedding and you're never going to say, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you run into that. Like, so that biggest I think is just kind of helping them to organize, organize those things. Or for example, welcome bags. A lot of times people think, Oh, you know what? We, we're just going to do the welcome bags ourselves. And then they come down here and they realize they just, they just don't want to do it. So those are, those are little last minute tasks. Um, a lot of times we will add transportation at the last minute because people will, will kind of see the value and, um, just like things that maybe they didn't think that they would, that they would have to take care of or that they would take care of themselves. And then at the end of the day, they just ask us to do it, which is, we're really good about minimizing that. But again, it is somebody's wedding. If they ask us, we're going to do whatever we can to do it. Yeah. I, I just, I just picture, you know, it's just like a vacation, but so much more complicated. Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. just like a vacation. I sort of said that, but it, I just think when I'm, when I go to travel, there's always something and I always have to run to the store because I always forgot something. So I can't imagine a wedding. Yeah. You, yes. you guys definitely have your work cut out and I, and yes. it's very impressive to see how well you do things. Oh, thank you. I have to say one more funny thing that happens more than you would think is people forget their pants, like the groomsmen. And we are, Oh my gosh. And, and we don't have pants here. It's like the worst thing ever. So I always want to put in my contract, please make sure you make the groomsmen have their pants. It has happened like four or five times. And, and we don't know what to do because we don't really have stores. Like, you know, like we have a few stores, but nothing yeah. like we do not have Nordstrom's and we, we don't have Macy's. So it's, um, and we don't even have Target. So it's very com- complicated. Wow. Um, so yeah, what have so you the, done in the past? We have made do only once, but other times I've been like, look, you need to get on the phone and somebody that hasn't traveled yet needs to get a pair of pants to the airport stat because otherwise you're, you know, it's going to be khakis or it's going to be like an old, like the, we just don't have anything like, your typical suits wedding guard. No, yeah. we don't have that. Right. So we always make it work, but I'm, but you'd be surprised how many people forget that very important wedding. Oh my gosh. I am. <laughs> oh yes. So with, with your clients not going, not being on site either, not being there all the time, how do you do the event design and the decor and personalizing it? Absolutely. We, we do, we really do like we're, we're in contact with our clients via, you know, via WhatsApp, via text, via calls, via email. We do like a very detailed inspiration board and we go over it with the client. And a lot of times we get that vision from Pinterest, but I'm sure you run into this that like just making sure that we're choosing the right items that, that they're attracted to on their, on their board. Yeah. Um, so, and then I also like to do, because believe it or not, probably only 25% come down for an actual site visit. So if they're not able to come, we, tr- we try and do some type of a mock-up where it's a little harder to do floral mock-ups because we don't have floral shops. Like everything is imported and brought just for the event. But we'll do all of the place settings. We'll do the linens. We'll do the candles. We'll do, and sometimes we'll do like a FaceTime with them so they're at the venue they feel they're feeling it or we send ven- we send videos we try and help them be as engaged as as engaged as they would like to be um, in the planning process and then we just try and have it set and organized for them when they get here because sometimes they'll be like oh we can just see it when we come and we're like no there's just not that's not how it works because if for some if there is a reason some reason that you don't like something it's a little bit harder to change it we yeah. like to have everything set when they come so that when they come and they're they're here with us that they're totally on vacation and they just have a few little things and sometimes they'll even say don't text me don't like it makes me nervous don't so 
we try and be that dialed in that we're not that there's not a lot of extras to not a lot of questions to ask and um everything done way before yes that's exactly like we have and then but you also have to be some people just can't let go of that until the last minute so we try for it but if it doesn't happen we we understand but you it always has to happen before they're here but sometimes it's two weeks before but wow. before, it's a must to be on vacation. When you're here, it's a must to be relaxed. That's a must. Yes. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, that's not a crazy want either, to want to yeah. be on vacation when you're on vacation. <clears throat> of course, of course, of course. How do you manage long-distance communication with vendors? Well, we do the liaisoning. Here in Cabo, we do the, all the liaisoning for the client. Like, the only vendor that will have like a strong contact is typically the photographer. Um, the photographer will typically have a phone call before we might get on a conference call with the florist, but we really liaison all of the vendors so that the client only has one point of contact. And we find that that, that helps them. Um, that helps the streamlining. So if they, if for example, they get their vendor quote for rentals and they have questions, we go back to the vendor and we work through those questions and negotiations as well. Oh, wow. And so just talking about, like, say you're florist, right? Do you have florists on site on, at, in Las Cabos? Absolutely. We have, I think, some of the most talented. Well, of course I'm going to be. I mean, everyone feels that way. <laughs> we have some of the most talented vendors, period. But florals absolutely 110%. However, it's different because they, they don't really have like a floral shop because of the fact that you can't really get flowers readily here. So if you went to a local flower shop, most of the flowers would be like plastic or um, lilies, like not Casablancas, but just like tiger lilies or simple roses. So the flowers that we use for our events those flowers are flown in. So if your wedding's on a Saturday, your flowers probably arrive between Wednesday and Thursday. And all of those, that the first step is the cleaning the flowers and helping the flowers to open and, you know, all of the magic that the mm -hmm. florists do. So um, we do have amazing flower, florists and all they do, all they do are events. So that's, they don't do any deliveries or flower. They only do events. And so we definitely have, there's, about five florists that I work with that I think are brilliant. Wow. And do you find are flowers less expensive in Los Cabos than they are in the States? Uh, they aren't. Um, but what I would like to know, because <laughs> my, my wedding and my event planner friends and people that come here from the States, they always say that um, they do feel like it pans out to be about the same as far as because I don't think that our florists charge as much for their artistry and their styling as I've seen on some of the quotes from U.S. florists. Sure. So um, the other thing that you have to take into consideration is that if if I need centerpieces for, if I need 15 centerpieces, I may have to order flowers for 25 centerpieces because the condition of the flowers varies when the flowers, are, when the flowers arrive. So if sometimes if you're ordering flowers from Holland, Sometimes everything works out and everything's perfect, but other times, you know, something happened and half the boxes, I mean, our clients will never know about that. So I probably shouldn't even say that, but that is one of the, the what is one of the reasons they're more expensive? We, they have to order many more than they actually yeah. need. Yeah. I feel like that happens also in the, in, flo in floral shops too. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. Yeah. I think, so. I think they have some sort, probably not as much as you do, but there is some, there's always something that spoils or that doesn't come to par. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd love. We should not not on here, but I'd love to know your guys' flower prices. I really would love to know how comparable we are. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, over here, most florists, I think they do a 2.5 to a 3.5 markup. Of their okay. flower costs. From what I, you know, like what I've yeah. been learning and from other florists and what we do ourselves, that seems to be the standard. Yeah. 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 I have, I have, I'm not sure what ours is, so yeah. I'll have to research that. 
what are what are some trends that you're seeing with destination weddings? Um, I'm seeing a couple different things. I'm seeing people are going back to like a lot of silver accents and some mirrored accents and big white like white flowers, like very a little bit more um, a little more glam. I'm seeing that and one on level and then on the next level I'm seeing whereas like last year I'm sure all the tropical influences with the with the palm leaves and everything mm -hmm. now I feel like I feel like that is changing a little bit it's more botanical and then I'm seeing the clients are starting to send beautiful pictures of like gemtone like gemtone influences the flowers like dark dark hues like berries with like berry colored over beautiful like velvet I've seen beautiful um, gem tone influences and then they're kind of changing from this geometric look and having a few little celestial influences as far as the shape of their uh, ceremony structures and some of their some of their mm. menu designs so there's a yeah. lot of different I feel like 2019 is a lot is changing um, and the teepees are not anymore and no more flower crowns and less and less bouquets like people are opting for like I did a wedding two weeks ago and she had a really cool leather cuff that we made for her and then she had all her bridesmaids had like they just had like florals on that and it just it looked really cool it was fun so I think they're doing lots of different things this year I think the trends are switching are changing a little bit more than in the last the last three years so I think they're changing do you feel the same way I'm starting to see a lot more silver and I'm yes, starting right? to see and I'm also starting to see up more more glam. It's starting to go back to very um, timeless. Yes, exactly. That's a great. That's yes, a great... not so much not so much trendy. It's starting to go back timeless. And I wouldn't say everybody, but I, I definitely am seeing it more than than before. Yeah. So, Amy, how can people find you? Follow you? Social media. Yeah, social media. We have a. You can follow us on uh, Amy Abbott Events Instagram. We have a great website, www.amyabbottevents.com. Our Pinterest is highly organized, thanks to my one of my very good helpers and <laughs> who makes it like I look at it and I'm like, wow, that is impressive. <laughs> and uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. So we're we're everywhere. Um, and you can always email me at amy at amyabbottevents.com. And we're very good with communication. Thank you so much. And Amy, if there is one tip that you could tell a planner starting to plan destination events, what would that be? I think uh, the number one thing is just to really get, get your feet on the ground and get your feet wet and really know what, just really know all the resources that are out there um, and just kind of be willing to, be willing to make kind of a, t a time commitment because it, it takes a long time to get it's you have to be patient and and you have to be driven but I feel like it is a it's a great job for people it's a great job for people that are are creative are motivated self-directed and and like people and like beautiful production but the biggest thing is to just really feel out your resources and get you know get familiar with your with your venue location Perfect. That's a great tip. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Me too. You are a wealth of knowledge and we'll keep in touch and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.